Hello, everyone. Today is March 12th, and we are talking Yanks. We're in the third week of spring training. We got a good race going on for the infield. We got food poisoning. We got first home runs. We got first round of cuts. We're going to talk all about it. Let's talk Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy and Jake. Recaps galore for weekly awards. Stat lines, steaming hot takes. Get your Yankees news with these two fine dudes. It's time for Talking Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy and Jake. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy and Jake. That's our new song. All right, man. Our good friend, Dan Zlotnick, Z-L-O-T is how that's spelled. He's a uh, musician we, we've known for a while. He caught Judge's 50th home run ball and was actually a guest on Talking Yanks way back when, talking about catching it and meeting Judge. Asked him to write a little ditty for us. It's pretty catchy. It's in the tune to Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Take me out to the ball game. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. Never heard that first song. Yeah, you wouldn't have. You don't even like baseball. Come on. Good song. Pretty nice. Thanks, Dan. Thank you very much, Dan. Everyone go look at Dan on Spotify and YouTube and go to, if you're in New York, go to a show, Stan Zlotnick. And tell him, hey, if you go to one of Dan's shows, say, hey, play, play Talking Yanks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, play that Talking Yanks ditty. <laughs> really gets the crowd going. It's 15 seconds long. Play that one. All right, this episode, this podcast is brought to you by AffordableJerseys.com. Go to Affordable Jerseys, get a jersey, a Yankee jersey. The season's coming up. You want to support the team. You need a jersey. You need the name not to be on the back because you're not some chump, dumb Yankee fan rocking a jersey in the stands that they would never wear on the field. They're majestic, cool base. They're $99.99, and they got no names on the back. And they are big supporters of the podcast. So you buy them, you support us, go there, buy a jersey, home or away. I like away better. Jake likes home better. And tell them, uh, hey, Affordable Yanks sent us. And that'll be good. Let's get into some off-the-field stories, which sometimes are my favorite. Off the field. <laughs> do you want that? Do you want me to do in voices for the, the segments? Yeah, outside the lines. <laughs> off the field. What do we got off the field? Judge, this was actually a, I think this was actually a big story. I was it's like, a lot of times these off the field stories are so stupid and we'll get to some. This one I think is worthy of the headlines. I think Judge saying he's done with the home run derby is kind of big news. And it, I think, but I was going to say Bud Selig, Rob Manfred and the league has to be upset, right? Don't you think? A little bit. Yeah, he's, he's supposed to still be an up-and-coming star that would be excited about this, but he's also the 0.1%. He went from a guy struggling to make a roster to MVP can, candidate overnight, and usually we see guys on their rise, they want to be in the home run derby during that, and yeah. he's already lived it, kind of. And I, I wrote um, a little response blog to this, and I said, if Judge is out on the home run derby, then so am I. Fuck the derby. Because I fought off a lot of people last season when they were like, the Derby ruined him. It got him hurt. And I was like, no, you can't say that because, you know, correlation is not causation or whatever that stupid saying is that I love. I do like that saying. But 
I was wrong. I was wrong. I got to admit I was wrong. Sure. The, he, he even said like. That it was a part of the injury? Without saying it, he said it. Okay. They asked him, um, do you think the home run derby played any part in your shoulder injury? And he said, I'd rather not say. Okay. Yeah. So then fuck the, fuck the derby. In my head, I compare it. Maybe he was already banged up and swinging to, as hard as he could that many times. Didn't it help? Which makes sense. Yeah, he was on the R2C2 podcast, and they talk about, like, you have those three days, and for Judge, if you do the home run derby, you have one day of travel plus a ton of media, but no baseball. Then you do the home run derby, which is a ton of swings. Then you play the All-Star game. Then you go play, you know, that game in Boston. And he was, like, struggling, and he didn't do good, have a good series in that first game back in Boston. And everyone was like, I guess Boston – just showed the league how to pitch to Judge. That was the storyline. More like, Judge is fucking tired. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, All-Star Game's pretty messed up. Why Why is that? Can I just give, make it over a week? I don't know. That would suck without baseball for a week. But someone can, I think Ruka himself compared it to LeBron doesn't do the dunk I contest. Was just, I was just going to say that. The, the dunk contest has turned into, they literally used to call it, I don't know if they still do, but the Rising Stars dunk contest. Because none of the actual... Stars are best dunkers in the league. Westbrook, LeBron, they don't do it. And I think that's kind of a fair comparison. And at first, you get bummed out about it because you'd love to see LeBron, Durant trying to come up with creative stuff and do that. But at the same time, it's almost a win-win. You get these rising stars that want a little media. It's good media for the league, for who their up-and-coming players are. I don't know. The injury side to it, I don't think Judge got injured because of the home run derby. I just don't think it helped what he was trying to do last year. Yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of swings. So, and he basically kind of said it played a part into his injury. But the question I have to ask myself here is, do I not want Yankees doing the home run derby anymore? Like, because I'll be honest to you, I don't want Yankees doing the World Baseball Classic anymore. And I think that's just a selfish Yankee fan thing. We saw Teixeira get hurt, whatever it was, four years ago. We saw Didi, you know, you sure... Didi didn't get hurt because of the World Baseball Classic, or maybe he did because he's playing in games he would be taking much easier. I've seen enough Yankees get hurt in the World Baseball Classic where I know it's selfish and kind of stupid because the World Baseball Classic is good for international baseball. It doesn't do much for American national baseball. We're already pretty established. But I don't want any Yankees playing in the World Baseball Classic. I get happy when they aren't playing in it. And I think I'm going to be the same way with the Home Run Derby now. I think I've completely switched. Last year I was so excited to see Judge and Gary and you're right, they're rising stars, and it was a good way to, to show the whole country, like, hey, these are the guys we got, and they're actually very good. And it was like a proud moment. Or when Cano had his, was hitting off his dad, and Cano wasn't the big stud. And that was awesome moment as well. Great moment. So maybe if Andujar is playing this year, and he's got like, you know, a bunch of home runs by the break, go throw Andujar in it, show Andujar off to the world, and then covet them forever. Maybe it's like a once, one and done is how I want the Yankees to do it. Or just don't do it. What are your thoughts? It's a lot to unravel there. <laughs> World Baseball Classic, All-Star Game, Home Run Derbies, Cano's dad. To wrap it up, do you like, are you in favor of sending the Yankees to exhibition matches and events? <laughs> I think everyone's going to say no. <laughs> no one's like, yes, send them to more events that could potentially get them hurt. But last year I was all for sending the Yankees to the Home Run Derby and the All-Star Game. They need to rework something. I would love to see them do something after the season or have the World Baseball Classic after the baseball season. I think a lot of people would have less complaints with that because if you do have an injury, then you've got 
four or five months to recover. We'll see. I, I think baseball is pretty happy with the home run derby and that kind of stuff. I, I don't know. All right. I, I don't think that's going anywhere. No, I don't think it's changing. I'm just. Yeah, you're just going to see the younger. You're going to see the younger guys, too, which sure. Good. Yeah. And I mean, and if Gary's in the home run derby again this year or Bird is or Stanton is, I will be rooting for them. So that's the rub of it all. I don't want them there, but if they're there, I'm going to root for them. Man, imagine Greg Bird rakes and he gets invited and he's like, yeah, this is awesome. Do the home run derby. And it's all of Yankee Nation coming off of Judge complaining about <laughs> being hurt. <laughs> People are going to be freaking out. Like, Bird, don't do it. Don't go, man. <laughs> don't do this really cool thing. <laughs> that could really help your off-the-field exposure and yeah, your like, maybe personal Griffey, wallet. <laughs> Griffey was a star anyways, but like, I think everyone has like home run derby images in their head. And there's a lot of great moments. The Cano with his dad and Maguire Sosa. So like... <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of like, if they want to do it, let them do it. It's yeah. off. I'm not saying that the Yankees should make a strict rule. I'm just saying my my brain, personally, I'm like, oh, if yeah. they say no, I'm a little, okay, cool, cool, cool. The whole thing that's messed up is with the pitchers. Oh, great. Max Scherzer got selected. If, if I'm the Nationals, I pitch him the game before. So it's like, oh, he can't play. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And then a bunch of teams do that. Which they should. So I yeah. get get the World Baseball Classic and maybe a full blown All Star. I don't know. It, it gets really tricky. Midsummer Classic, man. Yep. I don't blame Judge for not doing it anymore. And I kind of that cool, cool Judge. Next, cool. next up, we got two storylines. I'll group them in together because I had the same reaction to both. One, Monty is officially the fifth starter. Two, Chad is being phased back to the bullpen. I didn't know. Chad is being phased back to the bullpen. Sure, you have to make that a storyline because you 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 fake acted like he was going to get a real starting chance, and everyone knew that was a falsity. But why did Monty have to be officially announced as the fifth starter? Was that a question in anyone's mind? I think it's just it's the literal action. It's are they going to announce CC as the fourth or Sonny as the third? <laughs> like Monty, Maybe. I don't know. Monty was in our starting five. I don't think. Who didn't have him? Would you have Sessa beating him out? Is there someone out there that was like, hey, Rui. hey, Boone, who's going to be your fifth starter? Is it going to be Sessa? Is it going to be Herman? Or, you know, you're going to give it to Monty. It's like, what? It's Montgomery is the fifth starter. I, don't I just think in a, a lot of teams, there's normally a discussion about it. And this, you're my now Yankee historian. I mean, in the past couple years, there's been fights for the for the last starting gig. I mean, there there normally is for the the fifth. Yeah, starter. yes, but I mean, you know that going in. Last year there were two open spots. Year before that there was one open spot. This year there was no open spots. <laughs> like Green or Sessa wasn't pitching to be like. There's if you ask Luis Sessa, are you going to crack the rotation? He'd be like, nah, that's full. I think the news from the reporters when they reported, they were like, wow, this is the earliest the fifth starter's been named in spring training in a while. That is kind of how they played it. I think it's just because of the formality of it. I don't I don't think it Montgomery's the story. I think the fact that the Yankees have their five and Boone announced it and wow, these Yankees are different. Yeah, but it is crazy because it's like, obviously. And I actually, someone <laughs> pointed out, I think he's going to be, not that this matters, which... The people listening to this podcast probably know this because they listen to baseball podcasts. They seek information. They know things. And then there's the random people on Twitter that ask me, do you think Sonny Gray should be the third or the fourth? And it's like, the fuck difference does that mean? 
That, yeah. that makes no difference. The only time the order matters is opening day and play open for and playoffs. Other than that, it's a merry-go-round. Who cares? But yeah. people are saying that the fourth game of the year is in Toronto, so they probably will pitch Montgomery there and then have CC pitch the home opener, which I love. Good. Right. So then people are going to be yelling, CC's actually the f- fifth starter. It's like, no, man, they're just one through five. And we'll see who opening day is. I asked you that kind of as a setup on your, when you did your little Twitter Q&A. Yeah. I think Sevy will get it. I agree with your answer 100%. Who cares? It's just – it's not that big of a deal. If it's a big deal to the player, like if Sevy's like, Boone, I need the ball. I want the ball for opening day. Okay, cool. Have it. Yeah. Great. If it means a lot to Sevy, awesome. But it doesn't mean a lot to, to – like the next day someone else is going to have the ball. Do you think the pitchers fight over opening day like we joked that they fought about for the wild card game? Tanaka, Sevi, CC all screaming at each other that they want opening day. Like CC's clearly shows he yeah no couldn't care less if he was pitching opening day. Like, he probably doesn't want to pitch opening day in Toronto. <laughs> I don't know their personalities. Do you think Tanaka feels slighted? He's got the last three opening days. I think I. I would guess there's there's a little bit to it. That's the only thing. If egos come into it, I guess that's something in your head. If you feel a true ace at the end of the day, when we start talking Cooperstown or whatever, they say he started 15 straight opening day games. There's something to that that's kind of cool. Yeah. But that so to go outside of Yankees scope for a little bit, the Astros announced that Verlander is going to be their opening day starter, and I actually thought that was kind of fucked up because Keuchel's been their dude. He had a good year last year, and he's like, I think, like, because I don't think it's that big of a deal. So just give it to the guy who wouldn't be offended the most. Like, it's been Keiko's st- place. Let right. Keiko have it. And then, like, Verlander, you know, he was the hero in the World Series, whatever. But then maybe I'm You're just right. putting straight, too much into it. It's straight personalities. Again, Keiko cannot care. And I don't know. You've seen the way Keiko trims his beard? That dude cares about a lot of things. Yeah, he cares. Nice beard, though. Gotta get him I out. don't think it's a nice beard. I think he looks Amish. He shaves, like, the mustache and just has the beard. It looks like when the little rascals go into the bank with the fake strap-on beards. That's what <laughs> Keiko's rocking on the mound. Better than me. Yeah, better than you. I don't have a beard. The last off-the-field story is that David Robertson got sick. He had food poisoning. Wait, I, I have I have real baseball thing to ask about, about the starters. Yeah, go. Do you think totally out Alex Cobb, everyone else? Well, Lance Lynn just signed to Minnesota for he signed with Minnesota, yeah. twelve million one year, which is not that much money. So you think if he was available for that, the Yanks could have had him. So, but everyone thought like, well, let's get him for a one year deal. I think, and I was a guest on. It's kind of rude that I can't remember the podcast, the Grand Slam podcast, or it was another one. And they asked me about a fifth, getting a sixth starter. And I think that as soon as an injury happens, they'll go pick up a guy. But they don't want to slight Montgomery in the process. Because if you pick up Lance Lynn, the only one that gets moved is Jordan. And he had a good year last year. He looks good in spring. So what are you going to send that arm down to the bullpen? Because you're not going to pick up Lance Lynn, Alex Cobb, and go with a six-man rotation. So I think as soon as an injury happens, they will pick up a guy. It's hard We'll get into our younger pitchers in the second segment of this podcast on the field stuff, but I don't trust them as much as I was on paper. (laughs) Cashman has a glut of capital too with, with players to potentially trade away. So, yep, exactly. Cool. All right. D Rob, D Rob, did you hear this story? Cause I think you're going to love it. 
So Michael K. And good for Michael K. for sharing. I rip on Michael K. when I want to, but I will say this was fun. And sometimes Michael K. gives you these tidbits that I think other people wouldn't. David Robertson, he said he got sick. First, he's like, he has sick, stomach issues. Then it was like, he got food poisoning. And he got food poisoning. Oh, and here's a bad Michael K. story that ties into this. D-Rob got food poisoning. And K. said, that's why Giancarlo Stanton has a personal chef, you know? You don't, you don't, you never know what you're eating. You always want to make sure your body is worth so much money. You want to take care of it. And then Michael K. said, and Brett Gardner, being the leader he is, he caught a fish. And he asked Stanton, like, hey, can your personal chef cook this for us and we'll eat at your house? And I was like, Michael. Michael K, sir. That's that, great leadership. That has nothing to do with Gardner being great a leader. Leadership. It's like, hey, you know that personal chef whose sole job it is to be a really good cook and you already pay him? Can I can I have him cook up my fish and we'll hang out? That is the weirdest. Gardner is a leader. That's a was a swing and a miss example by K. Anyway, the whole thing was, you know, you never know when you're going to get food poisoning, so you got to have a personal chef and Stan has one, blah, blah. Turns out David Robertson got food poisoning because his house lost power. He was out fishing or hanging out somewhere. His house lost power. He comes home. He didn't know how long the fridge was out of power. He thought it wasn't that long. So he just took the chicken out and ate it. And then he got violently ill. There could have been anything though. David Robertson's like a grown man with kids and shit. (laughs) This is a mistake you make when you're 18 and you just went to college for the first time. (laughs) What? He's a man. He was eating that bird no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) D-Rob. Come on, man. You cannot eat raw chicken that's just been (laughs) in a fridge that's been off. You think there's any, any chance there's BS there? Like, do you think there's a veteran... Like, make up the craziest story you can and see what you can get away with in the media. <laughs> D-Rob was like, oh, I ate raw chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else said it. Gardner said it to to Kay. He's like, oh, did you hear about D-Rob? Power went out. Dude still ate chicken out of the fridge. Kay's like, oh, that's good. Gardner completely good. made it up. It's great leadership by Gardner getting that to Kay. Yeah, yeah. Sharing that story. Deflecting. Because the real story was he was like uh, licking snails on the side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? I think that's all the off the field stuff. Off the field. Off the field. All right. Now, let's turn it to on the field stories sponsored by an on the field event. The Runyon 5K. Real event. It is the uh, Sunday, April 15th. Sunday, April 15th. The Damon Runyon 5K, it's a charitable run, walk, that uses Yankee Stadium as its course. That's exciting. You go through all the concourses, up the stairs, down the stairs. You get to go on the field at one point. Talking Yanks is going to be there, asking questions, hanging out, doing stuff. You can sign up. You can get $5 off if you use Talking Yanks as the code. No space, no capitals. That sounds like a fun event. I'm excited to go because, you know, where we are, I didn't do our spiel at the beginning of this episode. I'm John Boy. You're Jake. We live in California and Denver. We're transplanted Yankee fans. This is a chance for me to go be in the Bronx and hang out with Yankee fans there. And I'll probably stay the next two days and go to games and shit like that. Marlin series. Marlin series, yeah. Giancarlo can hang out with... uh, Those hateful Marlin fans in the stands. Yeah, so... Go to the Runyon 5K. Hopefully they'll have the last series of – there's a game going on during it. They'll have that on the big screen so we can all watch the game and walk around the stadium together, be on the warning track. All right. On the field. Wade got hurt. Did you see that injury? On the field. Yeah, I saw the replay of it. It looked super bad for 10 seconds maybe. Yeah. 10 seconds. 
if you didn't see, Wade was playing second. He dove to his right for a ball, rolled over his wrist, and then his glove came off. He was like in a panic, flopping around like a fish. And then and then he, he got up and Brett Gardner was like, I'm a good leader. I had Giancarlo cook my fish. How are you? And he was flexing his wrist. And it was like, oh, I think he's fine. He can move his wrist. Brett Gardner was the first one to tell the trainer Tyler Wade got hurt. He's a great leader. Great leader. Tyler Wade was flopping around in second. Gardner ran in from center field. He said, trainer, he's hurt. Wade's hurt. Wade's hurt. That's a leader. That's a leader, yeah. Think he hurt. Heard wasn't doing that. Think he, Didi wasn't doing that. Th- think he hurt his wrist. <laughs> okay, bro. Wade's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, my wrist hurts. That's pretty good in my head. Brett, <laughs> Brett Gardner telling Giancarlo Chef how to cook. Brett Gardner telling the trainer how to how to check people out. Yeah, great leader. <laughs> Easy, Brett. We know you're a great leader, okay? <laughs> that looks scary for a second because I feel bad Wade's playing well. Yeah. He had a nice tweet after. What was it? I'm okay. Hashtag blessed. Something yeah, like, like that. I'm all good. I think it was I'm all good. Yeah. But Wade's playing good. good. Um, we can talk about the race right now if you want. It's it was it was really neck and neck right now. Oh, we recording we recorded this episode Sunday morning, so we're not yes. So the Sunday game hasn't happened, so any cuts haven't happened. So if we don't talk about those, that's why. As of now, that's why. Let's hold off on what we think the infield is going to play out to till the end. Because that's a long combo and we got other stuff we want to talk about. Yeah. Stanton hit his first home run. Actually, the Saturday game was really cool. Gardner, Judge, Stanton. Gardner got on twice when he let off the inning. Judge then got a single and a double. And they ended up at second and third. No outs both times. That was fun to see. Judge was hitting the ball hard. And Stanton hit his first home run to like right center. He's still doing that weird right swing. Center, yeah. That's his swing, man. No, it's not. He's 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 it's not a swing. I don't His home run? The one the home run he hit? Yeah. He's been doing like he hasn't been full swinging. He's trying he only hit 8 home runs to right field last year and he's trying to change that. If he brings the swing he's using in spring training to regular season, I'd be shocked because it's very much a bizarre swing. He hasn't swung through his body once. Yeah, that's that's like what he figured out last year is that he's a monster. So as long as he gets the barrel on it, it's gone. I know, but it's they're, they've showed side-by-sides and stuff. It's much different than even last year's swing. He's, he's trying to get that short portion right. Yeah, and I made a joke on this podcast saying like he was just going to try and figure out how to flick it over the right field wall and then just do that every at-bat. Like you're playing Wii baseball yeah. and you just have the same little flick. He's kind of doing that in spring. He's got... Four doubles now off the right field wall and one home run over it. It's cool. It's bizarre. Spring training's hilarious. Spring training's hilarious because you have you have Stanton doing that, and then you have Chapman pitching the third inning, and then you have fans worried about the score. Someone asked me the score the other day. It was the first time I looked at it. I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Don't know the score. Um, Stanton's first home run. He does the handoff with Phil Nevin. I like that. He did that in Miami too. That was nice. Rounds third. That's cool. Gets the, gets the football from the third baseman, takes it home for the score. Kind of like that. Andujar has cooled off a little bit. We'll table that till when we go into the thing. Tabled. Yes. Free Andujar. Saturday was bullpen day, which I love. So Sessa got the start, did bad. Sessa, man, he's tough because he always has one good strikeout in the first inning. And then he just completely shits the bed. He did that. D-Rob came in, bases loaded, one out, struck the next two guys out. Peak D-Rob form. Prance's ass off the mound. That was really fun to watch. Uh, 
birds having a super slow start. Thoughts on that, Jake? Spring training stats don't matter. <laughs> I, someone, someone had a perfect tweet the other day. I, I forget which one of the uh, John Boy Mafia was, but that it's literally would rather see Bird have a healthy, terrible spring than a nicked up, amazing spring. And the fact you could say that again shows us spring training again. So as long as he's swinging, he's healthy. And again, who knows? Who knows what they low key have him working on? Giancarlo's showing he's clearly trying to go to right field. Greg Bird could be taking every pitch. He's he's got five walks. He's second on the team in walks. So who who knows what he's even looking at? Trying to recognize breaking pitches earlier. No, none of us know. As long as he's healthy before the regular season starts, fine. Yeah. No panic at all. It would be nice if he had more than two hits, obviously. But no panic. No panic, Joe Panic. Joe Panic. Remember when we were going to trade for him? Yeah, that was, a, that was such a bad trade rumor. Yeah. Stalin Castro for Joe Panic and something else like that. Yeah. Didn't have. Oh, no. No, we're trying to get better. <laughs> okay. They made their first round of cuts and second round of cuts. And I think people were a little surprised that Sheffield was, was moved out. But I think. Yeah. I think he showed he needed work. I think. Do you think if Sheffield pitched really good, he could he would have hung around and got more? Because the more meaningful innings in spring are coming up. Yeah, with pitchers, it's a little less clear cut because they can be just getting them on a different schedule with the with the different teams or whatever. So you you really can't read too much into it. He's still super young. We knew he wasn't. If he was incredible, he still wasn't breaking camp with the team or anything like that. So yeah, it, it is what it is. He he showed his peacock walk for that inning. He was good or so, and then he got touched up a little bit. He, but. he came out. He was always good in the first inning, and then it, someone responded to my tweet because I just said he's always good in the first inning, and then he fades. And then someone said, "Yeah, he comes out so hot in the first inning, like a reliever, because he is. He's got a lot of spunk. He's got a lot of fire to him." We'll see. He needs he he needs to develop. Chance Adams pitched on TV, which is the first time I've seen him pitch. Oh, Sonny Gray reincarnate. So slow, so <laughs> boring, so nibbling. I mean, it was two innings of Chance, but it was kind of in those two innings we saw everything the scouts had been saying about him. He doesn't have a strikeout pitch. His command in the zone isn't great, but his results are very good. And that's exactly what we saw. So, I mean, it's two innings. Obviously, you cannot say much. Right. But I can say it was fucking boring. Good. If he's boring and get gets guys out, I don't really care. Yeah. He threw a lot of pitches, got a lot of people on base. I mean, they both didn't look like Jordan Montgomery was supposed to be in the same boat these two guys are last year. and But we had open spots. And Montgomery pitched on the road because the rookies and the prospects go on the road. And when you're on the road, you're facing – the starters, because you keep your start, you play your starters in home games. Right. So Gumby last year was going on the road facing starters, and he did so well. He earned a job, and a lot of people didn't think he was even in competition, and he was just, right. you know, he needed more work at AAA, which is what we're saying about Chance Sheffield may and Sheffield right now, and they didn't do this spring what Gumby did last year, which was really turn eyes on you and be like, oh wow, he may be ready right now which a lot of people thought Chance and Chef were going to do, and they didn't. So it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's nothing huge. It doesn't stop their development or what they're going to be for us in the future, but it's just something. Yeah. That's what it is. And you could, yeah, you could go back and forth on different things like mindset. You know, like you said, last year Gumby knew there were spots open, so he kind of gunned for it. If you're 
if you're Chance Adams and Justice Sheffield and the team's telling you, hey, work on your breaking stuff, don't care what really happens, when there's not a spot open, you're like, okay, I guess I'm going to work on this, where if that fifth spot was open, maybe they'd say, screw it, I'm I'm getting dudes out so I get noticed. Yeah, yeah, no, but definitely. Either way, it's not not a big deal. Chapman looked good in his bullpen day. Warren looked good. Canely looked good. Chad Green allowed a hit and a run. Batances didn't look that great. Batances gave up a leadoff single to Jose Reyes, who immediately stole second base, then immediately stole third base, and then <laughs> scored on a ground out to second base. And it's just peak Batances. And then you got the next two guys out. So four batters, three outs, one single, two stolen bases, one run. Jesus Christ, dude. Hold a guy on. And we're going to have to lean on the killer bees this year, so. (laughs) Uh, What else do we got? We can talk about, before we get into the infield situation, which is the most exciting topic, we can talk about our boy Austin Romine. You think he's taking the job from Gary, right? Well, Gary's not a major league catcher, so. And Austin Romine threw two guys out in the game on Saturday in the same inning, which is two-thirds of, which is, Whatever. He threw three guys. I was trying to do math in my head. I don't know why I tried to do that. He threw three guys out all last season. He threw two out in one inning of spring training. Very nice. Hope he's good. No, I I mean, obviously, people are like, so what if Romine's doing good in spring? Yeah, so what? But it's fun. Yeah. And he it's it's fun when they do good and there's a difference. Like if Romine had the same exact right. batting stance – and if Roman was coming to the same approach, same batting stance, just having better results, you'd be like, okay, who the fuck cares at all? But because he changed his stance and he's now taken away the inside and now he's like right. nine for 15, it's like, oh, he might have fixed something here. This may be all the difference. <laughs> but if, it gives it. you that little thing to lean on as, I don't know, fun. But who cares? I mean, Future hey, we did, Austin we did our mini episode on Austin Roman. I think it was three minutes long. We just said – when you're in the game, don't lose the game. And so far, he's doing that. Yeah. And, hey, if he can come in and, you know, he was he was in 80 games last year. So the better he is, that that's you're going to feel that in certain games. Yeah. And, again, spring training doesn't matter. If we say it doesn't matter for right. Bird, we have to say it doesn't matter for Romine. It's just more exciting when yeah. they're better than when they're worse. Uh, let's get into the infield because last week we were trying. Dun, dun, dun. Last week we were trying to figure it out. And it was someone just responded on Twitter like I'm stumped, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm stumped too." And everyone else is saying, "This is what it's going to be. This is what it's going to be. This is what it's going to be." It's like I don't think you know. I don't think the Yankees know. I don't think anyone knows. But that was last week, and this week, I think you can really see which way it's heading. And uh, cover your ears, people that just like Andujar, and because you like Andujar, you hate Drury and you hate Wade. If you're listening to this, cover your ears. This is just my guess on March 12th. I think Drury's getting a third base job and Wade's getting the second base job and Andujar's starting in AAA. Does does Andujar deserve to be in the majors? Yeah, I think on many, a lot of other teams that have the opening, he'd get the job. He's definitely done enough. I just, I, so I'm guessing through Cashman's brain. Like I'm trying to read his quotes. It's not what I want. It's what I'm guessing they are going to do. That's what it seems like to me. Are you getting that sense? A little bit. And it's what you said. If you liked Andujar's hot start and you don't support Tyler Wade, like you can't do that. Like you need, if you believe in what they're proving at spring training this year, you need to ride both of those guys. I, I go back to a couple things you said. How about that? Nice. I think 
you know, they traded for Drury for a reason. They made that very clear. They like something in his game. He's a young player who they, they think can take a next level to be a very consistent, good quality starting baseball player. He's going to get some run. The Andujar thing, another thing you mentioned this week, which I think I mentioned before, but I'll give you the credit for now. But Andujar's position flexibility hurts him. He can only play third, and we still don't know to what full quality. We, we know he's been solid, but we, we still don't know over the course of a major league season. You know, so Drury, Drury gets the third base job. Wade gets second base, like you said. Then gets, Glaber gets overlooked in all this. Our our former love, and he was supposed to he was supposed to kick Headley out last year. That Chase guy was garbage. He would have played every game. Cash confirmed and that. Worked. But he would have. I know. So so now we've got Glaber, who we essentially said was going to get involved in second base, but Glaber can play second and third. Wade can play all around. Drury can play second, third in the corners. You can have some flexibility with those guys if if someone's swinging it, if someone's not. I think Andujar's kind of going to be the ace in the hole to start the year. The The other thing, I had a great conversation with Big Talking Yanks fan Rob Rosine on Twitter. Rob from Arkansas. Who, he help, yeah, he helps out. And he um, here, here's the thing that we don't fully know, that you're right, we're guessing in a Cashman's head. If Andujar... And Glaber are are going to be the best options going forward when Glaber is ready to come up for service time reasons. You don't want to compound that error of, well, let's keep feeding Wade at bats. If if he's not the best option, you kind of got to figure something out. Same thing with Drury. But at the same time, if you're <laughs> if you're an Andujar Glaber person, you do not know if this season they're going to be better than Drury and Wade. It's baseball, it's prospects, so you can believe something, but <clears throat> end of the day, none of us truly know. Yeah, I think the problem is Andrew Hart's two options are, okay, he makes the big league team and he is the everyday third baseman because you can't play anywhere else and you don't want right. to play him as a bench guy. Right. So that's his, if he makes a team, he's the everyday third baseman because he only plays one position. Our DH is clogged up and he doesn't have versatility to be on the bench. And you don't want him on the bench because you want him playing every day. And I don't think Cashman sees him as being – not that he can't do it, but you can't fully trust a prospect to do that. You can tell him, hey, work on your defense. You know, we we think you can have a huge impact on this team. It's one of those things – It's it's like playing a trump card that you don't need to play right away. There's, there's other options. And, you know – I get Drury could be better than Andujar this year. No one would be shocked at all. No, or the other way around. He's a great option to have if, you know, say Drury does struggle, then you could say, hey, Andujar, we're sending you down. Keep working on your glove. We love the stick. And you're you're going to get a chance at some point this year. So be ready. And when it's your time, win the job. You know? Yeah, we'll see a lot of Andujar. I'm like, no one is doubting that. I just think off the, off the opening day, I think. That's the way I think it leans. I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be a little surprised if Andujar makes the opening day roster. He'd cool down from where he was in the first week, which is when everyone was saying he de- he de- right. they demanded he be on the team because of his first good week in spring. The Andujar clan. 267 fans, batting average and OBP. Yeah, the no walks have to hurt him a little bit. At this point, first two, first week of spring, it was fine, but now it's got to be hurting him a little bit. It's, hey, yeah, it's time to pat myself on the back. That's ex- exactly what I said last week. 
happen this week. He still didn't draw a walk, and he had a bad hitting week, and now he's he's just blending in again because it's spring training. Yeah. Well, you think Wade has it at second, or you think Torres has a chance to get the opening day fill-in role and Wade super utility on the bench? I mean, I, I could see them just going righty-lefty for the first couple games of the year. I could see that as well. I like giving Wade the yeah. chance to redeem himself and give every day at bats and play off the start start. We know that Torres doesn't get cold on the bench. Right. Which is uh it sucks for him, but right. it's good for the Yankees. Like, hey, we know that Torres can sit five, seven days in a row, come out and be Torres. He is what he is. Yeah. The Wade thing, we've talked about the Yankees becoming their best team. If Wade is a solid MLB player, even if he's got 250, 260. With his left-handed bat, you can start doing some fun things between second, third, with whether it's Drury and Andujar, Drury and Torres, or Tor Glaber, excuse me. But then you can start doing the hot righty bat and work Wade in against righties. And if there's a lefty, you can just stack the righties. So he gives them the most flexibility. It's I don't know, man. I I really I'm excited to get down there and hear. Hopefully, we can get some candid remarks because when you practice with these guys every day, you usually have a good idea of who's more talented. Yeah. Which you have to figure the Yankees do. But at the same time, if if Drury and Andujar are neck neck and neck, there's no reason the Yankees have to do something in those first, you know, week two weeks of the season. What about the Adam Lynn situation? You and I texted about this, and I don't want to go as deep as we did it when we were texting. Uh, his, yeah. his contract came out. I don't. I didn't actually get confirmation on this. The way it reads to me is that if he does isn't on the roster March twenty second, he can opt out, and then he has another opt out June first. The way I hear that means if he doesn't opt out on March twenty second, he can't opt out until June first. Otherwise, why would there be two dates? Right? Yeah, I think that makes sense. Okay, so if you're the Yankees. That means you've got to make sure he doesn't opt out on March 22nd because if you get rid of him then, you got to keep him keep him around. So I don't know if, if, if putting him on the if – if, if he opts out March 22nd, then we just lost a very solid backup first baseman option for the first two months of the year. And we like Bird, but, you know, Bird insurance is a thing you need right now. Until he goes healthy, you need to have and, – and any position. You need depth. And right now yeah. we have Tyler Austin and Billy McKinney, who's just learning first base. Sure, he's mashing spring training balls, but he's just learning first base. Tyler Austin, you like his righty bat. But it's just really Tyler Austin is in the wings at first if Lind opts out. So I think that means they're going to put Lind on the major league roster opening day. A, he's a great pinch hitter. B, if you don't put him, then he's going to opt out and you lose a full player of depth in your first base depth chart. Right. Because – you can easily send Tyler down the AAA. He's got options, and he can't do anything about it. He can't be like, well, I'm opting out. It's like, actually, Tyler, you can't. The Lynn decision will show us a little bit into how much they really do like Tyler Austin and Billy McKinney. I think you're right. The easy move is to keep Lind. I think, again, and where I wouldn't be surprised is if this team was functioning best, this is everyone being healthy and everyone playing to their abilities – Tyler Austin would actually be more valuable to the team because I know Bird has solid numbers against lefties, but you could bench him against a tough lefty, get Austin a, a regular game every other week. And he could also be a, a right-handed 
you know, pinch hitting type off the bench that we don't really, well, we don't know how that plays out right now. The thing that's brutal for Adam Lind is that, you know, Bird is a lefty too. They're they're going to play Bird against all the righties. So what are we, are you going to give Lind uh, every other week at bat against the lefty? Bird's going to want to be in there against the righties and they say he's an everyday guy, which we think he is too. I don't know. Then the only time for Adam Lind to get at bats is pinch hitting for second base and third base. And that's just a brutal ask twice a week to come in and pinch hit. That's how Adam Lind, the guy who could probably have a starting job on another team, he could, he could end the month of April with, 15 20 at bats and they're all pinch hit jobs i mean that's that's just a brutal ass why wouldn't any athlete why wouldn't the yankees do that like i understand lind saying this sucks but why wouldn't the i mean why it's because he might not be valuable to the team in that role well he's a proven really good pinch hitter so right but it's still i mean it's a it's a brutal ask and i mean in the in the nl game it makes a little more sense I know it's just a little more shuffling on the manager's end, but I don't know. Again, it's it's the easy move to keep them, and you think they will. And a Lind-Austin platoon, if Bird did get hurt, would be pretty solid against lefties and righties. So you'll probably see Lind on the team. If you don't, it's, it's a confirmation that they do like Austin and McKinney, if, if anything were to happen. I don't think they like Austin, but I, I like Austin because he can't close his mouth. I he's a he's his I really like him his righty swing. We'll we'll see. The next the pivot point here though is because if we're saying that the Yankees are gonna put Ty, uh, Adam Lind on the opening day roster, that means he's gonna be on the forty man roster. That means we need to DFA someone or send someone to the sixty day DL to clear a spot for him. And I think that means we should probably figure out who that would be. I wouldn't be shocked if it was Sessa. But I also wouldn't be shocked if Sessa makes the roster as our slop guy because you need a guy right. you don't care about. And Sessa has certainly worked himself into the role of guy we can run out there when we're losing 10 nothing to pitch for four innings and we don't give a fuck what happens to him or what happens right. to the scoreboard. <laughs> you need a guy on the team like that. Sessa, I, I, I hope that – I wouldn't be surprised if Sessa's DFA'd. I wouldn't be surprised if he's your slop guy. Yeah, and 60-day DL takes you off that, too. We could see Tyro Estrada end up on that from the bullet, bullet wound. That bullet's acting up, isn't it, Tyro? No, nah, I feel good. No, yeah. I think that bullet's acting bullets, up, Tyro. Bullet's pretty sore today. So, yeah, you you could see that, and that would be a um, – that's such a low-risk move because they can say, hey, Tyro, get yourself as healthy as possible before we start getting you in full games, et cetera. The 40-man's not – too too hard to dance around especially we we still got two weeks knock on wood about injuries but you you can do some creative creative gming with it so if lind is on the roster i don't think it'll be anything crippling all right yeah that's about all we got for this week we do have a lot of housekeeping it right now to do we got a couple things going on first and foremost this is our last episode separate for now next week friday we will be in spring training we got a lot of stuff planned. We're going to, I don't know if we've ever gone through the plans. So I want to be walking around with the microphones. I want to be talking to fans. That's my, that's what I'm most excited for. A little man on the street videos, hear the buzz, get what people are thinking, walk around. We got trivia. We got a lot of prizes we're going to be giving away. We might set up shop in the parking lot, try to get people to come over. I don't know, because we're not going to be able to do this stuff in the stadium. We got stuff planned in the stadium. May give you some play-by-play for some innings if we can. We got to sort that out. We will let you know. Follow along on Instagram Live and Instagram Stories. That's probably where most of it will be going. I'm sure it will be on Twitter too. And then if we do go live for a broadcast or something like that, be on Facebook Live, I think. Yeah, because we're going to do a podcast at the end of every night, little recap podcast, 
that'll be fun. Hopefully we can get some interviews. We'll see. We'll see. Wish us luck. If you have someone that you want to come on, like I want to get David Cohn on, I want to get Ryan Rucco on, I want to get Nick Swisher on, no idea if those are possible. So if you guys want to tweet at them, like, hey, go on Talking Yanks, maybe they will. You guys be our army for us. That would be nice. <laughs> or not. Just listen and ex- enjoy. I did a giveaway, Jake. That's what we're doing now. Right. I got a book. It's a hardcover. I hate hardcover books with a fiery passion because I read while I walk, like I said last week. And reading while walking a hardcover book is almost impossible. So I already reordered and got myself a paperback. Didn't know what to do with the hardcover. Decided, hey, we'll do a giveaway. You got to be listening to the episode to win it. You got to retweet the tweet, and then you got to be listening on the episode. I'll choose a random guy or girl, winner. I use guy as unisex, so no one get offended there. And uh, here we go. We might be doing these every week. I think we should just get fine little prizes and do giveaways every episode. I think that's kind of fun. So this is the second part. First part of housekeeping was we're going to be in Tampa next week. Second part is prize. Okay. I got the tweet here. I'm just going to close my eyes. I'm not looking at my phone. I'm going to scroll up and down. Tell me when to stop, Jake. No, stop. Okay. Raymond Corsetto. At Rangers fan four two three three Raymond Corsetto, DM me, DM Talking Yanks, email talkingyanks at gmail.com. Got the book, man, and I'm reading the book. So if you want to start reading it right away, we can chat about it. All right. So who was it? Rangers fan, Raymond Corsetto. If if Raymond doesn't uh, DM and get in touch. Next week, I'll choose a new winner or something because I don't want the book. My girlfriend hates when I have clutter around the bedroom and she keeps moving it on me. I'm like, no, I need to remind myself I'm giving this away. Other things. We're doing some fun shit on the website. We got March Madness, Jake's idea. Follow it. Go to the go to TalkingYanks.com. Find the March Madness blog. Fill out your picks for the NCAA March Madness tournament. We got tickets, Yankee tickets on the line, Yankee jerseys or tickets to anywhere or jersey for any team but we prefer to give out Yankee stuff on the line for first place is jer- is tickets. Second place is jerseys. Third through fifth is a free shirt from our store. Talking to yanks.com merch. So go fill out a bracket. You have to be following us on Twitter and Instagram at talking yanks on Twitter and Instagram to be eligible to win. And then we also have Justin diamond who writes for talking yanks did. This is pretty fun. The yes network prop bet list. Just little shit. I mean, I watch and I pay attention to the broadcast like this. I know, Jake, you said you don't get into it that much, but how many times Paul O'Neill is going to jump on a Michael K. home run call? That's one of my favorites because, you know, it is, it's going by and Paul O'Neill goes, see ya, right before Michael K. drops his see ya, which is his line. Hilarious. I love when that happens. How many times is Paul O'Neill going to make fun of Michael K. for having a big head? How many times is Paul O'Neill going to make fun of K. for being a picky eater? Those are all the ones I made. How many times is a color guy going to compliment Gary Sanchez is a nice block block and K remains silent until the next pitch and doesn't mention it. Cause he doesn't like Gary a lot. That one got me good. That was mine. A lot of shit like that. The other one that was mine. I mean, Justin had a ton that were really good, but I can only remember mine. The only one that was mine was, uh, how many times is Al Leiter going to call for the replay to prove his point and then replay proves he was wrong. Cause that happened like a good amount last year. Always cracked me up. So go to TalkingYanks.com. We got those contests up. That's the same thing. I think if 50, if less than 100 people sign up for the Yes Network prop bets, the winner gets a T-shirt. If more than 100 sign up, you get a jersey. So sign up and then share so the prize is bigger when you win. Next week, we will be in Tampa. 
this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday are the last of the mini episodes. I believe we have tomorrow's is going to be Tyler Wade, then Anduhar, then a Lind-Austin combo, and then Aaron Boone will profile, profile on the skipper. So that is the week for Talking Yanks. Thank you guys very much for listening. Go tell Jim. Yeah. We missed the biggest news of the week. Okay. Give it to me. That should have been the lead story. Okay. Clint Frazier suffers setback in his concussion. Oh, shit. Symptoms. I, re- I did. And he's, con- he's confusing his cat's names. Yeah. <laughs> That's the weird part of the story. This actually, <laughs> like, why'd you, why'd you include that detail? But I don't want to rip on him because it sounds super scary. He, he can't drive yeah. right now. He's indoor lighting's making him nauseous, which are all real concussion symptoms. They changed it from a mild concussion to a real concussion. The confusing cat names, his cats look identical. I think he even went on to say that in the next quote. He was like, but they do look alike. So it was like kind of a joke, but the whoever reported it just cut off the joke part and made it sit, made it sit, yeah. which is tough. But I did want to talk about Clint's concussion because that sucks. Yeah, does does suck. And it's kind of a nightmare for baseball. Well, heck, football too. Because the stuff he's saying, like, is stuff he should not be talking to the media to. And then Cashman even said something like, yeah, we're we're not supposed to be even interviewing these guys when they're still kind of testing themselves out. But, yeah, the fact he's coming in saying felt foggy, splotchy, had to pull over while driving, that's yeah, the, well, the dr- a terrible sign for him, but really bad for, like, the game and everyone. <laughs> I wonder if they said, like, Clint, don't tell people you were driving and you had to pull over because that looks bad for the Yankees. Yeah. Like the Yankees training staff should have told them don't drive. Like and I'm the whole thing looks really bad in the media. Not on Clint's part, on the Yankees part. For like they should yes. they, on the Yankees should be, dude, sit down, relax, go in a dark room. And they should be keeping the media away from Clint. That's the problem because the media knows Clint's gonna give him quotes, so they're gonna hound Clint. And this like dude's concussed. He's got a brain injury. Stop asking yeah. him for quotes. He can't get his cat's names right. He can't drive. He can't do good in the lighting. But you're going to ask him all these questions and then write down his every answer and yeah. put it for the world to see? Dude's concussed. Let him be. That's basically that's basically what Cashman said because I think the NFL and NBA have policies that you can't even talk to them. And baseball kind of needs that. Yeah, that yeah, you're right. I didn't I didn't put it together that that was actually kind of messed up that they were asking him always questions. Whatever, yeah. they will always ask Clint questions as long as he always gives them good lines like that. Yeah, which is why Jeter and Judge are boring on purpose. Yeah, that's all. That's good, Jake. Good job producing because I, I I meant to have that. I think I had it somewhere and I I forgot. Um, all right, that's the end of the show. Thank you all very much for listening. Go give us – we're almost at 150 ratings, whatever. We won't ask for ratings today. Instead, I will ask you to go tell Dan Zlotnick on Twitter that you love the new Diddy. Talking Yanks with old John Boy and Jake. And go listen to, there. Go listen to some of Dan's music, Dan Zlotnick. I'll still ask for the reviews. Get us to 151 before next show. Bernie Williams plus 100. Bernie Williams plus 100. Thanks for listening, everyone. Next time you hear from us, it'll be tomorrow. But the next time you hear from us, whatever. We're going to be in Tampa soon. You already know it out. Mini episodes, everything. Love you guys. Bye. Tell them, Grandma. Bye. Go Yankees.